0: It is January fifteenth, two 2023, this Greg Collins Substitute Teacher's Lounge. Is there ever a time when you finally just give up on a student and send them to ISS? Or for those of you who are uneducated about those initials, it's in school suspension. Oh, I expect this week's episode to be popular. Every time we do one on discipline, it ends up being like a top twenty episode that we've ever had. And by the way, we're up. This is episode one ninety one. We're almost we've almost hit that two hundred margin. I can't believe I've been doing this that long. It started summer of two thousand eighteen. That's not right. I started subbing in fall of two thousand eighteen, and started the podcast the next summer. So that would be 2019. So I thank all of you all for listening. Thank all of you all for joining the Substitute Teachers Facebook group. I know ISS or some version of it exists in every school. It's inter-school suspension. Or I said inter or intra. Either way, you know what I mean. It's suspension because of something a student does that, They get sent to ISS. ISS, you know, typically they are a room all by themselves. The ones I have seen actually have teachers that that's their job. They are the ISS person. The student goes in there with work to do, educational work to do, not just busy work, work to catch up on. I have seen all kinds of configurations Hopefully, you don't want that room to be too full so you can get by with a lot fewer chairs than you would in a normal classroom. I've seen them in any various different configurations from circles. A lot of times, they're facing away from other students. They're, some of them even have like posters up on the wall. Like you would see maybe in the dentist office—that's so sp- supposed to be soothing—but at the minimum, not anything to distract the student. A lot of times, and I didn't really think about it until I started putting down notes for this episode. A lot of times, I've seen them, and they don't have any windows, so they tend to minimize the distractions. Make sure those kids know that they're in there for a disciplinary reason and make sure they work while they're in there. And the least little bit of discipline that's required in that room, it seems like they take it much more seriously because you're already in there for a disciplinary reason. If you do something else, it becomes more serious. It's a you know graduated level of discipline. Now, how does that apply to teachers and substitute teachers? Let's go from one extreme to another. Now, I'll be honest with you again. You know I'm a volleyball referee, and you know that we have yellow and red cards. And in six years, I've only done a yellow card twice, and once was because the player got upset with herself and slammed the ball on the floor so high that it went up into the air, and that's one you almost have to do every time. But even that one, I felt so guilty about it, I could see the look on her face the next time that I had her game. I brought her some candy, and I said, I can't apologize, but I did feel bad about giving you that yellow card, and I just wanted to kind of, you know, pick things up a little bit and make you feel better and she smiled and that was the end of it i see her all the time now and we still joke about it so you got to remember i'm that kind of person now let's talk about the extreme the the extreme where i'm going to say 90% of you substitute teachers would never get to this happened to a substitute teacher The day before, I substitute taught that same classroom. I went in there, and there were notes galore all over the place. I didn't really read them. I'm not saying I haven't read those in the past. I'm not saying I should, but I'm not going to say that I'd ever feel guilty about doing it because— To me, it's a way to compare yourself to other subs and maybe improve. There's another story there that doesn't apply quite as much to this episode, so I'll save it for another time. But in this case, this teacher was, I don't want to say so bad, but so easy to make mad. How's that? All these pages of notes were about disciplinary action And again, I didn't read them, didn't really want to read them that day. One of the counselors came in and was talking to me during lunch socially, and he ended up saying, did you hear about the sub yesterday? And I said, what do you mean? He said, she called up to the office 11 times, 11 times throughout the day, some in each classroom, and there was some in the classroom that is everybody's favorite and she apparently yelled at them for every reason. So she tried to discipline them for getting up and sharpening their pencil without asking first getting, and you know, maybe that's her rule, but maybe they didn't know the rules. Maybe that was different than the teacher's rules about, I don't know. I don't, I can't remember what it was, but they didn't ask that teacher back. Now, There was one student that she recommended to the office that they went to ISS, and the office didn't do it. There are, you know, I I guess you would describe that as too much discipline. That was a teacher who wanted—she either wanted to— looked like the big bad boss and didn't really have that much interest in teaching the kids anything. She just wanted to discipline the kids and be scary to them. Or maybe she was just that much of a nervous wreck that any time that anything, at, the, at least minimally, challenged her authority, she got upset about it and wanted to discipline those kids. That's the one extreme. The other extreme you're going to be faced with a situations where you have no option but to send the student to ISS, or I guess, if truth be known, you would contact the office first, and then that would be their decision. There's three things that I can think of. The first two are very similar. You either get, they either get aggressive with another student or with the teacher. That's an automatic. Okay, the third one that I can think of, and maybe you can think of more. I, I think of these, I guess, because I've been witness to all of them happening. If a student purposely destroys school property, I've seen them tear up chairs on purpose. Oh, well, that's that's a trip to ISS. You are going to end school suspension. It's all the stuff between the overdisciplinary teacher I described. And these actions where it's automatic ISS, we've got a large gap between there. Now, how do we as teachers determine when it's serious enough to call the office? You know from my yellow card example that I think maybe in six years I've sent three students to the office. And all of them actually came back and apologized and ended up being I don't want to say friends because maybe that's an improper word when you're talking about a teacher or a student, but they trusted me, I trusted them later on. Did they ever need discipline again? Yes. Were others teachers putting them in ISS? Yes. In fact, as I recall now, most of these have been, while I have been in a long-term position, I would have a little bit more authority in making a decision on whether they needed to go to ISS or not, but I would challenge you as you learn to discipline, don't use things like that as a crutch. You never know when you could have a better result with a student. There is one student I would still, the student has moved out of the area. They still could be listening to this podcast, I guess, but I don't know if I would tell you this story if I still had a possibility of teaching the student, but the, t- the student did very disruptive things, flicking a student on the head or when they would come back from lunch, the, the little wood piece that was holding the door open to the classroom, they would kick it to see how far they could kick it, just aggravating things over and over. I once told them... And I do this quite often. To me, this is a disciplinary tool. If it's just a mild form of discipline, but nevertheless, something that needs to be done, have them come up and sit for you for a little while. I did that one time, and the student started answering questions. Not only started answering questions, but got aggravated at others, the students, that didn't know the answer. So I was kind of surprised at that. I've had students tell me they're not going to come back there, and then I just talk to them after class. Some teachers probably would have sent them to the office right away. This student was probably testing me because I think he was pretty sure I wasn't going to discipline him too severely. At the same time, I, I helped him with his work, and you never know what's going on in a student's head. It just so happens this was around Thanksgiving, and as I was coming back from lunch, he was already in my classroom. wasn't even his class in my classroom, sitting in a chair, He had left me a note and he said, would you mind reading this? And it said something to the effect, keep in mind, all the students, this was around Thanksgiving, so they were all writing notes of thanks to various teachers. He wrote one to me and it said something to the effect of, I know we didn't get off on the right foot, but I really do thank you for being tolerant of me and helping me with my classes. He did want me to help him with some other things. Once that long-term role was over and I would see him in the hallway, he would always come up out of his way to talk to me. You know, for some reason, being destructive and causing trouble was part of him. I never sent him to ISS, but he was in there quite often. But I just want to make the point, and I'm not even sure if I would do it the same way again. I kind of gave him a second chance, and hopefully I at least planted a seed that he— could be nice to me in certain situations he even told me a story about what his girlfriend did to him when she was mad or something like that I, i didn't want to hear that story but he confided in me and told me that story so when you discipline other students here's the guidelines that i would shoot for to make sure it's appropriate First of all, as the title of the podcast said, don't use ISS as a crutch. Don't always know whether I can always send them there. I can tell them they're giving me trouble. Send them to ISS. Don't do that. I mean, leave that to the teachers. Unless it's one of those three things that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, and you just have to. But try to be reasonably tolerant. Don't let them be disrespectful. I've had disrespectful students, and I've gotten pretty good. I'm clever enough that I can turn around and make a joke out of it. Not a joke that would embarrass the student, but just a joke. I mean, one of them said something. He he wasn't really intending to be mean. He was more just wanting to get attention, talked about. I'm starting to get a small bald spot on the back of my head. Can't even see it. Most of my hair is in the front, and it looks okay to me. But... And I turned it into a joke. I'll be honest. I don't even remember what I said, but the kids laughed. Even he laughed. That keeps the students loose. Try to think of some things that if you need to discipline, keep your composure. Say things like, now you know that that's something that I should be sending you to the office for. So I'm also someone that I give second chances But that's your first and only warning. The next trip is to the office. Try that. That doesn't always work. And by all means, if you say that, you got to do it. So don't make that, I hate to call it a threat, but that's what it is. Don't make that threat and then not follow through on the threat. I'll sometimes catch students lying to me just because they know what kind of trouble it is. And if I know for sure they did it, I'll make, I did this a couple of weeks ago. I'll say, all right, I know who did this. So you can either admit it now or the consequences later will be much more severe. You can see their eyes. You could kind of see them looking around. And then if they didn't come up at the end, I would announce their name. I would just say, I want to see Johnny and Betsy at the end of class. And then they knew they were in trouble. So when it was over and they came up, They apologized at first, and I said, listen, you're going to get in less trouble with me than if you just admit to something the first time instead of lying about it. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Unless it's something really serious, I'm going to give you a second chance. I'm just just going to tell you don't do it again, and we'll go from there. But... Don't challenge me in that respect, or don't lie to me. The consequences will be much more serious. And they appreciated that. Again, those students talk to me all the time. So you've got to establish your disciplinary procedure. It's going to be somewhere between send everybody to ISS and send nobody to ISS, even if they're destroying things. You've got to come up with a plan in the middle. Now, when you do that, don't emphasize the discipline. Emphasize the student. Here's what that means. Remember that that you're going to see that student again. That student's there to learn. Don't do something to them that might be so traumatic that it's going to take a few days for them to pick themselves back, back up. Maybe you just want to have a good talk And if you can tell they're not listening, then you do something else. But the only goal of this, don't use discipline as a crutch. Use it when necessary. But otherwise, whatever you do based on what that student has done, let's always remember we're there for the students and to keep that student in mind.